everybody. Welcome back to Poetry Says for another year. My name is Alice. Thank you so much for downloading and listening in. I am so stoked to be able to share this chat that I had with Anne-Marie Tafieu, uh just a couple of days ago this past weekend. And it was such an energizing and generous conversation from Annie. You might not know her writing so much as you know Annie's work as a producer. She co-produced the Queensland Poetry Festival and as she mentions in this chat, many, many other festivals and poetry events. She was also the co-editor of the anthology Solid Air, Australia and New Zealand Spoken Word, which came out from UQP last year. So Annie's just one of those people. She's just got a generosity of spirit and a spark and after having spoken to her I just feel so much more positive about the year to come and I really hope that this conversation has that effect for you as well. So we talk at the start about how Annie found her poetic stride a bit last year and what it is to have a creative side hustle. We don't always want to be chained to the keyboard trying to figure out our stanza breaks Um, We talk about the work of being a producer and what it is to create safety in a space or at an event and the work of building relationships, genuine relationships in poetry and why that matters, why it's so worthwhile. And towards the end, we get into what Annie's looking at for her next 12 months and we get a little bit of a sneak peek into a very exciting event that's going to be happening mid-year. And then right at the end, we talk about what it is to become a no person and why that is also quite important. So I really hope you get as much out of this chat as I did. Thanks so much for listening. I guess where I'm starting conversations with people here at the start of 2021 is a little bit of a a reflective moment and wondering whether poetry was a big part of your life over the last 12 months, whether you discovered or rediscovered any poets, or as was my experience, whether poetry kind of faded into the background in some ways. Yeah, right. Did it for you? Yeah, it was funny. Like I just, I kind of Certain writers I gravitated towards and really clung to, like lifelines, but particularly my own writing, I guess I didn't feel like um, I had much to write about, which is weird because poetry mm. isn't really about things directly, but, yeah, just yeah, the creative um, wheels fell off. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, yeah, I guess coming back to 2021 I just want to start by acknowledging I'm I'm come beaming in from beautiful Darawal country I'm um, here in Wollongong so about 200 meters from maybe 300 I, I don't know numbers I know words um, 472 meters away <laughs> is the <laughs> is the beautiful ocean and um, yeah I really want to acknowledge him pay my respects to custodians of this beautiful land, the Darawal people, and really lucky to be here. I've been living on Darawal country for about two and a half years now and was here during um, 2020 
and definitely found I found my poetic stride last year. Um, lots of things got solidified. Lots of things were planted, um, short-term and long-term seeds. And I found myself, yeah, returning to and opening up to other voices. So returning to um, my go-tos. So Joy Hajo, um, Ali Kobiekeman, Evel Ewing, Oh, I could go on. Natalie Harkin, Charmaine Paper Talk Green. I, I have a bunch of writers that are just there. They're always there. Um, and I'm really connected with a crew of Maori writers in Wellington. So I'm often reading their writing as well. Their writing's all around me. Anahira Gildea, Nadine Hura, Cassandra Barnett and Michaela Keeble. So their, their work is very close as well, but definitely um, also had that, that returning to and that opening up of new, new voices. I think um, Grace Lucas's poem that won the Nakata Brophy Prize completely blew my mind. Um, what, what a piece of work. And she need, Grace needs to write her book so yeah, lots and lots of writers who who can't who I read their work and went, okay, yeah, that that's incredible. That's um, a nudge in the right direction for me, you know, like gathering, letting their words wash over me and kind of infiltrate my own work in a way and navigate me towards forms and ways of writing. It sounds like it was a really fertile time. It was. Yeah. And I, you, I don't know if you do this, Alice, do you just sort of throw your hat in the ring for things? You know how people say, oh, you've got to be in, you've got to throw your hat in the ring. I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't. But last year I did you, have you done that? I have. I have in the past, yes. My hat has been yeah. in some rings. Yeah. <laughs> lucky rings. Um <laughs> And one of the most significant projects I was a part of last year was um, the digital exhibition called 2020 that was part of the Inter-Island Collective. Um, the exhibition was titled 2020. So I generated weavings that, um, and then wrote a um, poem in response to those weavings and then also did the audio recording of the poem yeah, yeah, and there was also a lot of chaos last year. I moved house twice. Yeah, it was, yeah, a very, very big time. And I'm, I'm a late learner, so lots of things kind of dawned on me. I would describe myself that way as well. I, I feel like I, I do come to things like, yeah, five to ten years I think it's like something to do with just being at least in terms of poetry being like you know pretty much self-taught I guess but there's something so satisfying about that it's kind of like like you're talking about weaving it's like you weave your own fabric of knowledge it's like and 
yeah, occasionally you're like, oh, this bit fits with this bit. (laughs) And I didn't see that connection before. Yeah. 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 And weaving really is a teacher. It it teaches you to be there and, you know, it's going to take time. And I'm an Aries, so I'm like, um, full steam ahead, let's go. Um, We need to, you know, action. Um, But weaving teaches me to just really slow down and to go with the flow and get a rhythm and weaving and poetry are beautiful um, couple. They're a beautiful couple. They Mm. really do talk to each other. And um, it's also nice that weaving is physical and writing's obviously mental, internal. And that external expression of weaving is cool. Do you do other, do you have a side hustle? Um creatively i as you're speaking i'm thinking that is that is really really a good thing to have is something else that you can turn to that isn't in front of the keyboard um i do dabble a little bit on my guitar and piano oh we must hear something (laughs) oh yeah right here we go i'll go get my guitar (laughs) we'll finish with a duet um And, yeah, last year, at the start of last year, I had this wild um, commitment to to contribute a bunch of visual artwork to a joint exhibition I was going to do with with, um, an old, old friend of mine. And in the end that didn't happen and I'm really grateful that it didn't happen because there's no way I was ready to do, like, a visual art thing. But I had so much fun and got so much pleasure out of just painting and yeah once the exhibition was no longer a thing I was free to just do whatever I wanted and it just felt so good but weirdly I was resistant to it as well I don't know if you're like that with weaving but the that headspace that kind of going with the flow um, being in the moment headspace I'm also very much a doer and it takes yeah. a lot for me to slow down enough where I'm like, okay, I'm willing to go into that space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the project has to be right. And I, I, I really do like to weave for projects or people. So I don't know that I could do what you've done and just gone, oh, yeah, I, I really, you're, you're kind of doing it for yourself in a way. You know that paint, and there it is, and you put it on the. Wall. I own very few baskets, and I've made I don't know, hundred. I don't know. Again, numbers. I don't know, <laughs> um, but <laughs> dozens, and they get themselves in the mail. I put them in the mail, and they are sent to people. So baskets for me are a um, a, a device. They're a, a connector. They're a bridge. They're a gesture. They're um, they're an object of functionality and beauty directly from me to someone that I love, that I want I want to stay connected with. Yeah, I feel like um, I relate to that in terms of poems, actually. Like I'm never more oh, yeah. excited than when I'm writing a poem that I know I get to give to somebody. Are you e- do you easily give your poems away? Um. I mean, if they're written explicitly for someone, then, yeah, I just can't oh, wait yeah. for that moment when I feel like it's um, it's time to hand it over. But, yeah, it's 
it's a funny thing that that public private yeah. thing like i'm i'm gonna do a reading next month at la mama oh. which i'm very very nervous about i saw that i saw that <laughs> congratulations yeah. that's so great are you are you have you got butterflies about it are you definitely yeah i'm that's one yeah. of the yeah i'm practicing every day trying to get ready for it but it's it's funny you, like do you want to practice now uh sure yeah i'll just launch in. i'll get my guitar um <laughs> yeah. but yeah like this this there's a privacy and a quietness sometimes about writing certain poems and then you realise what it's going to be like to say them in front of people. So different, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There can be a chasm. There can be a chasm between the page and the stage depending on the moment, um, the reader. I think safety is a really big thing and I think... Um, whoever's producing that event, the amount of responsibility that they re that they understand, the impact that, um, yeah, that space has to be safe space, has to be a place where any artist can feel that they can share words and ultimately be heard, be respected. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on the La Mama Gigo. That's going to be so beautiful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am excited, but a small part of me is excited. Uh, for it to be over. Eclipsed by the fear. But, no, I'm really grateful for it. Um, Don't forget to breathe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We share um, you much more than I, but we've both worked as event producers. And Where have you worked, Alice? Well, I mean, I guess I've worked on my own, um, but producing. Yeah, cool. Like I produce Sporting Poets, um, the monthly reading down here for a couple of years, and now I'm doing or was doing um, Impossible Machine, which is the poetry improv um, response yep. thing. And Love it. Yeah. So I guess I'm really interested in what you're saying in terms of um, creating the safety of the space because that's something yeah. that I thought about. I did this event that was not a poetry event, but it was um, just specifically for queer performers and performers of colour. And it was a real challenge. One of them went well and two of them kind of didn't attract an audience and so I felt like this real sense of like I had failed that that corner of the community because I hadn't I hadn't quite like been able to sustain the thing that was going to create that space. And yeah, I guess I'd just love to hear your thoughts on like what you learned as an event producer around, I guess specifically creating spaces where everyone feels heard and respected, but yeah, mm. just in general. So interesting. There are, as you were speaking, lots of things have been popping in my mind, some key words, um, relationships, building of relationships is probably in the top five. So having that time and energy to build those genuine relationships and it sounds like you might not have had time to or there wasn't, you, you weren't supported or there wasn't the support to build those relationships. 
to communicate exactly what you were wanting to do. So much investment in that, isn't there? Getting To get people to an event, you've, you've got to kind of be a magician in a way. You've That's, got to be a mind weaver and sort of create yeah. this and and do it in a way that's authentic and enticing and exciting but and by no means a used car salesman so it's this fine line of um just i think mostly be true to yourself really really being true to yourself and and what comes out of your mouth trust it because other people people know hey people people can't really easily be fooled particularly now i think very easy to call out people who aren't for real (laughs) yeah I I think that's exactly it I think somehow it's weird because really practically speaking the way that you hear about an event is um, probably you see something about it online or you hear about it through word of mouth maybe you see a poster somewhere so really that's like factual information that's being transmitted yeah it's a date it's a time and a venue yeah Yeah, but there's something I guess somehow people can just tell if you're not if your heart's not fully in it maybe you just don't put the extra effort in um and that extra effort maybe is that is that time it's the time where you um when you know you're answering those emails and you're answering those phone calls and and I'm I don't know about you, but the number of, you you just do it. It's when I was co-directing Queensland Poetry Festival with Dave, David Stavanger, we used to joke about how we'd earn more working at McDonald's the first year, you know, like it was just, and the amount of, we we were on 24-7, it was all, and that was the choice that we'd made. It sounds like you've also made those, you just make that choice, you commit to it you just decide and you kind of accept these are going to be the moments of we know that it's going to build to a moment of (laughs) particular stress, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it for poetry. (laughs) Just believe it. You just, it sounds cheesy, but um, really knowing the, I mean, I've worked at um, Woodford Folk Festival and the, I directed the Zilmia Multicultural Festival and created my own, founded my own festival and led it called the Home Festival, which, as the title suggests, thematically celebrates what home means to people. So that was specifically in and around Kangaroo Point, which is a uh, inner city suburb in Brisbane. And I know each of those festivals and I've worked in government organisations as well, you know, state libraries and Brisbane Powerhouse and Museum of Brisbane doing cultural production work. And it doesn't matter if you're working for the man or if you're working for yourself. If you're not building relationships that are solid with people, then you're not going to have an event that reflects that um, the diamond you know, how whatever form you're presenting, the diamond, the multiplicity of what that form can be, which is what I'm most interested in. I'm not interested in presenting something and saying, for example, with Queensland Poetry Festival, I wasn't interested, and Dave certainly wasn't either, interested in going, here's a stage, here's a poet, this is what poetry is. That's not my 
game. I'm interested in looking at those, at the way light hits poetry from different angles and what, what does it sound like? What does it look like when you do this? What, does, what happens when you put it in this venue and you put these people together? What, what comes from that? You, you build that foundation, you build those relationships, you put the time oh, yeah. in and then That's significant. just go. And then there's a sense of experimentation that you have the freedom to engage with because, yeah, you've, you've got that solid base. Exactly. Mm. It's that foundational stuff. I mean, that's what weaving's taught me as well. If you don't have a strong core, you're not going to have a, a form. You're not going to have it. You've got to have that solid form. And with writing, you've got to have, what have you got to have, a solid sense of self or a solid sense of the page or a solid sense of what's happening around you? But I think with poetry, it needs to, there needs to be so much more than solidity. There needs to be fluidity as well, doesn't there? There needs to be moments where things bleed right out and question rather than answer. Yeah, I think that's my favourite thing that poetry does is ask questions without that can't be answered. <laughs> Unanswerable questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, Same. Yeah. Absolutely. There does need to be that ability to, I, I think I think that metaphor of the, the solid core and mm. the freedom to experiment is also true of poetry as well. Like, I'm, I've been reading um, this week. I was reading a book by uh, Ken Bolton. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a kind of an older book, I think like 2008 or something. And reading these poems, and they're so light and rangy mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. it's, it's like. Is it a page turner? It is actually. It's like every page is like a little <laughs> gift of like little, another mm-hmm. collection of like things that happened to Ken that, that day. But, but you just know because I guess, you know, when I go back to my notebooks, I'm like, yeah, I couldn't just write this into a book. Like there's, there's so much work gone into what looks like something that just appeared there. I absolutely love that. Coming back to the festival, and the festival, I mean the Queensland Poetry Festival, I'm a big believer of doing all of the work in the lead-up to and making, I, I love festivals that kind of look like they just happened, that they're not highly curated or heavy-handed so that when you enter the space it kind of looks like it's just been thought up. You know those if you go to events and things or festivals that have a sense of I, I, I'm meant to feel this here or should I do this here, oh, okay, I'm meant to do that. Um, yeah, that doesn't excite me as much. Festivals are spaces where there's meant to be um, accidents and not danger but certainly experiments and places for people who wouldn't necessarily belong anywhere to feel connected yeah, they were amazing years at QPF. <sighs> it seems like you still have a fairly visceral memory of how tiring it was as well. I do. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Um, it was funny after the festival, I was like, I need time, I need time. And then Dave said, no, 
I would, I would really like you to co-edit Solid Air. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Okay, okay. That's interesting. And that project in itself was, um, yeah, what a remarkable feat that project was, getting, getting that together. That was the ultimate weave, all those yeah. voices and the hours and hours and days and weeks of curating and researching and remembering and doing that balancing act. It's such a balancing act, Art, isn't it? It's always balancing. Yeah, and, but, um, yeah, it it is in a, in a weird way. It's like, but it's strangely, I feel like what you're describing is it's balanced but not in the sense of, I spend equal time on everything and everything's totally like some things call for huge rushes of energy and concentration, which isn't really balanced. Like, you know, but then you have to pull back from it, I guess. Yeah. And that's a, where the balance is. Yeah. It's a funny. Um, I, I think I was rather than from an energy perspective, I was probably talking more about from a, um, a grant and a publisher's and a poetry community perspective and balancing expectations and, you know, ticking boxes and making sure representation was there and, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love to hear as much as you want to go into that, I'd love to hear about the work of that sort of, yeah, that representative work, because yeah. that's that's tough. That can be tough. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever um, edited an anthology? I have not. No. You are smart. <laughs> I'm kind of grateful to be able to say that. <laughs> yes, yeah, like hard work. Mm. Well, my first piece of advice, if you do, is find someone else to do it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always have that other person to celebrate with and also kind of go into those moments of what do we do here really what do we do here and the Mm. we is always stronger than the i isn't it it's Mm. you've always got to have that yeah sense of making a right decision so hot off the heels of um you know, coming back to those relationships that were built over three and a half, four years and however many hundreds of events. I mean, Queensland Poetry Festival was a four-day event, but we were running events every month and we were doing special events. So we were running Couplet at Brisbane Square Library and we um, curated the stuff with Queensland um, Gallery of Modern Art and... The Commonwealth Games, we produced stuff, a program of poetry for them in that period of time. So even though there was that condensed festival, there were also heaps of other satellite events happening throughout the year. So what I'm trying to say is coming back to those relationships, we walked away from the festival with feeling rich with connection and, yes, exhausted, but also not wanting to just kind of not wanting to crash and burn and not wanting to sever those really beautiful, valuable ties with people that we kind of developed. And so all of that was brought to Solid Air. And in terms of curation, 
So you've got two people, so David Stavinger and myself, two very, very, very different artists, very different people coming at this anthology from very different perspectives. And we're both very strong headed. So I'll, you know, I was, I've got three brothers and I know how to wrestle. Uh, yeah, I will kind of, <laughs> I, I will be heard. <laughs> sort of, um, and I, I love debating and I love that wrestle of working out what, who, why. Um, I'm also a very philosophical person and don't like to make decisions just on the fly. I think it's really good to make considered decisions, especially with an anthology where that paper, that page, you know, so different from a festival where the moment's gone. If you were there, you caught it. If not, it's a story. But on the page, everyone can read it whenever they want. And the responsibility that comes with that is really weighty. So for me, the priority was hearing First Nations voices. That was my personal priority. And I don't think Dave's was far behind. So um, I fuck a papa too, which means my genealogy connects me to New Zealand. So my Maori heritage, oral tradition is very, very strong for me, very natural, it, it just is. And my connection with the um, spoken word community poets in Aotearoa is really strong for the people that I do know. So, of course, my, uh, the ability to include voices from New Zealand was also a priority. So I got a grant through New Zealand's Arts Council for 20 New Zealand artists. So that was my kind of thinking straight off. First Nations voices, hearing from New Zealand as well, let's draw it out to this part of the world. And then came what were our constraints going to be? Because really, don't you want to include everyone? Yeah, you do. Like a festival, you want to have a stage for every poet. But there's the constraints. So I actually really like constraints. Constraints make things really strong, especially when you have the ability to create the constraints because there can be an element of discipline in there which I am trying to get better at as I get older. Not <laughs> um, So constraints like um, gender diversity, location diversity, when, what sort of span should we do? Should it be from the last five years? Should it be from the last 10 years? So we decided the last 20. And then we started thinking about, well, how big is that book going to be? Do we want people to be able to pop it in their pocket or in their bag or do we want it to be something like a coffee table book that people just kind of sit there and observe from a distance so we wanted it to be something that was very accessible very easy to pick up and turn that page and open it wherever and hear a voice really strongly um, definitely have a sense of fun there was wanted it to be a sense of joy wanted to acknowledge that this was an anthology, not the anthology, not the spoken word anthology of this 20 years. It's an anthology. And I'd welcome anyone else to do, you know, more voices, to do their own. Go for it. It would be great. It's 
It's ridiculous that Solidaire is the only one of its kind out there. It's the only anthology of its kind. There should be more, 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 more. Yeah, give me a call before you decide to do it, though. You've got some tips. <laughs> I've got some hot tips. <laughs> yeah. Now that it is out there and now that those decisions have been made, the words are on the paper, mm-hmm. it is a solid object, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on how it is being received and a role that it's playing out there in the world so far? Because poetry books sort of have a life, of course they do, they have a life well beyond, you know, the moment of, of publication. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, it's a exactly. strange one. Like I'm talking about this Ken yeah. Bolton book from 2008 that's like ah. really blowing my mind last week. Like it's just it, so it's cool. so unpredictable. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think the fact that it's been um, quietly or loudly ignored by a lot of mainstream reviewers says a lot. Um, I think the people that have reviewed it have been very generous and kind with what they have shared about it. I would really love, though, for a mainstream reviewer to take it on, take it head on. In terms of sales and, you know, just feedback from people and messages I'll get going, this is incredible, I love it. That's, That's definitely there. So that's, again, those relationships the feedback I'm getting is much more one-on-one, you know, Annie, this was such a great book. Thank you for doing what you did. Or Dave will tell me a ring and say, oh, did you hear from so-and-so? They said they loved it. I was really conscious of wanting to put together a book that wasn't a firework. I wanted a slow burn and I wanted to put something out there that would I'm into art that has a ripple effect. Um, I also don't really like fireworks. Actually, not don't like them. I just find them, they're just such an indulgent waste of time and they scare dogs and they're so expensive and just, yeah. I don't know. I like throwdowns. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I don't want to sound like a killjoy, but I just find just them um, metaphorically and literally I find that whole the moment you look up and you see this thing of beauty and then it's it's just gone like what if you were looking the other way (laughs) accidentally you have to be in the right place and the right moment to experience it that's yeah that's an access issue I, I I'd rather I'd rather for something be much more meaningful and long lasting and that's what I hope Solid Air is. I, I really want to be talking to um, people, particularly kids. I hope it gets in the hands of kids in a couple of years, potentially into schools. I would love for it to be taught in, in schools for English teachers to go, you know what, this actually should be part of the curriculum. This, this is a moment. These people have caught this moment in time. Let's, let's really interrogate what's there. Mm. And and let's ask ourselves, do we think that's a valuable piece to be in there and why? And if not, and, you know, there's 120 voices in there and each of them have so much to offer beyond the page. 
Mm. Yeah, that's the wonderful thing about anthologies is it can shoot you off in 120 different directions, right? Like you can discover somebody in there that you would never have come across. Yeah. There's there's so much generosity in everything you've described in your approach to producing, editing, like the thought and the time that that you're putting into these projects. And I guess I'm I'm wondering as as you're saying all these things about your own work, like you mentioned that last year you sort of found a bit of a creative flow and planted some seeds and stuff. So yeah. I, I guess I'm keen to hear like, and I'm I'm not keen on this question just yet. Okay. But like <laughs> just say it quietly. Thinking about the future. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the future Is as that a possibility. Just tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's say let's say a month. <laughs> wow. Um, yep. Like, okay. In your world. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Do you think? Yeah. Acknowledging uh, that we're being very speculative. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, I, I'm actually a massive planner. I don't know if that's a smart thing to do, but I do plan. I have got quite a bit of, you know, I've, I don't know. Have you got a diary? Uh, I do. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Mm. I've got I've got the big, like I follow in my dad's footsteps. I've got the big diary that's, you know, I can plan it out. It's it's actually a Maori um, Maramataka diary, so it follows the moon um, cycles and so you can kind of work out what it, it helps it's a guide to what you should do when you should do it that's so beautiful or what our ancestors were doing yeah right and, and how how they lived and and it's a way of you know drawing you back to nature and mother earth and looking at looking at our surroundings rather than just you know when the sails are on <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm kind of happy to talk about yeah beyond the next month because I had like I say yeah I've kind of done that so there's it's I really see 2021 as um there's um professional and there's personal and sometimes they intersect but they're very much going to be running parallel with each other and and in between the two spaces is poetry and weaving that's going to be the the common thread so they'll be going like that all year so march uh, professionally my paid job i work part time at red room poetry company so i'm a senior producer there and really exciting that we're holding um we're delivering an initiative called Poetry Month in August and um, I really hope everyone gets to be a part of it in whatever way they can. Um, we're launching on Sunday the 21st of March, which is actually World Poetry Day. So um, all of the details will be on the Red Room Poetry website. I'm particularly proud of a, um, a signature project in that called Fair Trade, which is a project that will enable or facilitate dialogue conversations to happen between a First Nations person in Australia and a First Nations person overseas. So really looking at Indigenous people 
giving and taking, giving and taking via poetry. So it's a poetic weave, um, a poetic conversation. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about the people who'll be launching Fair Trade on the 21st of March. The person that we've got from Australia and the person that we've got from overseas is so exciting, so exciting. So um, I can't say who that is, but who they are, but it's, yeah, incredible. And that's, again, building on that whole, yeah, back to Queensland Poetry Festival days. They're those relationships that just keep on, keep on, keep on. So that's professional red room stuff. And then over here, I've just come out of a month and a half, two months of judging. So judging the Queensland Poetry Festival at Crastic Prize. And I'm in the middle of finalising the shortlist for, um, along with two other judges, for the Judith Wright Poetry Prize for Overland. So I'm in a head, my head is a, see how my head is shaped like a poem? <laughs> I can see that. Yes. There's can you see it? Yeah, it's quite <laughs> remarkable. Um, it needs a lot of editing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of keen to get to the end of that so I can then focus on, I've got a really exciting um, micro residency at Carriage Works that running dog journal i don't know if you've heard of running dog no what's a, that sounds really cool what's what's involved in a micro residency yeah tiny it's so it's just the week um and it's part of a suite of uh artist run initiatives have been engaged by carriage works i think there'll be something like 20 and four other writers over, over a period of time, I think it's the month-long period, each writer will get a week where they'll generate work. Mm. So micro, I think I've got a week where I'll have a space allotted at Carriage Works. I was kind of laughing at you talking about, and what was the old Ken's book from what was it? 2000 and what? Uh, you said, I, oh, it's an old I, book. I think eight. Yeah, I mean, it's not actually old. <laughs> I know, because when, when you said old, I was like, oh, cool, because I'm yeah. the project I'm doing is is based on a text from um, the late 1800s because I, I was thinking, oh, Alice is doing similar, but you said, oh, no. <laughs> but um so that I'm going to be looking at interrogating a text from um, that period and rewriting a rewriting playing with language it's a real gift I've never done a residency before so ah, that's exciting I'm so excited yeah thank you Very cool. and um Tony Birch's poetry collection which I edited through UQP called Whisper Songs comes out this year that's exciting so there'll be yeah mm. it's beautiful um, so that will be coming up and there's sort of associated events with that. There's actually a lot of things. I've just been asked to write a response piece for an organisation in France. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I get these. I've never had these kinds of moments before. I've always been in the background, produce, produce, you know, here you go. And then, yeah. And this is what I mean by the late learner. I mean, I'm 47, 48 this year. It's weird. 
It's very weird. But it's here. It's the moment cool. the moment is here, it sounds like. Well, a moment's here. A moment, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and in you know, and in time there will be the moment when it's it's your collection that's out well there. maybe. Yeah. I really would love to develop um I had a, some poems published in a New Zealand journal called Tuparanga Journal. And it's called, um, the suite of poems I wrote was called These Are Some of the Bodies I Have Found. And I haven't finished writing the other two bodies that I've found in my life, quite literally. And I'm wanting to create not a boutique run, but a very, very small run of, so weave baskets that the words sit in so that the, the book would sit in so that they're kind of held. I'm thinking like a hundred. That's that's also on my mind. I'd like to do that. Wow. There's a lot. Yeah, there's plenty. There's oh, plenty. And I've, I've also been asked to produce something. My cousin over in Kaitai in New Zealand to produce the spoken word program for their festival over there in December. <laughs> so but that's what I mean about planning. It's like, oh yeah. And we're done. Yeah. There's the I was going to say, yeah, so if, if anyone is emailing you with, with an idea, just the order of response is thank you so much for your inquiry. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes. Are you a yes person? I used to be. Oh, okay. I'm working very, very hard on, on becoming a polite but firm no person. So it's such an incredible feeling, isn't it? It's important, right? Because if you say yes to everything, your yes means nothing. And yes. by saying it's no true. to 10 things, you get to say yes to the one actually good thing mm-hmm. that you care about. But but what I struggle with is, is um, getting in touch with that gut feeling, that actual real, the real answer, not the should answer. And so, yeah, that's what I'm actually working on is like, pausing long enough so that I can hear what I really what I actually want to do because I'm incredibly lucky I have a huge amount of freedom to like decide how I spend my time and my days um but left to you must have a lot of discipline well (laughs) I don't know (laughs) but (laughs) left to my own devices I will fill those days with other people's obligations so yeah it's it's a real it's a really new thing, but a really exciting and satisfying thing to kind of take that pause and go, ah, oh, yeah. the answer is no this time, but, you know, yeah. next time it might be yes. And just trusting that it's not going to be the last time you're going to be asked to do something as well. It's- exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'm really excited for your year. You're making me feel excited for my year. Who would have thought? Nice one, Alice. <laughs> Show us your diary. <laughs> yeah, I'll play you my, play my guitar now. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for making the time. It's thank real... you, Alice. Keep doing what you're doing, hey. I will. Can you oh. hear that? Oh, what's that? Is that the wind? The most wondrous thunderclap. It just, when I said thank you to it was like, yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. We're all thanking you. <laughs>